You're listening to the Getting Ahead Podcast, where we talk about self-improvement in every aspect of life as we know it, with some of the most interesting people in various industries. Our guest for today's episode is Peter Christian. He was a founding partner and president at ESPI, a prominent business consulting company who have worked with more than 300 clients throughout the United States and Europe. So Peter, welcome to the Getting Ahead podcast show. It's nice to have you here and uh, I'm sure the the audience as well would love to hear what you have to say to them. I myself as well well, is interested in what you have to say. Uh, Looking at your profile, all those years being spent as an entrepreneur and uh, it's, you must really have gained some lots of experience that will definitely be will come in handy for people who are already entrepreneurs or people who are still trying to think up or make up their minds whether to start up their business or not. So once again, welcome to the show, Peter. Great. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Okay. okay tell us a bit about yourself then. Um, I have uh, over 40 years of experience in business. Uh, The first part of my career, I worked for companies uh, and then decided to go into uh, consulting. Uh, So I started working for myself, although you never really work for yourself, because as long as you have clients, you're really honestly working for them. I decided to uh, go into own practice consulting. so I spent about 25 years in that regard, working with about 300 different companies of all varieties, uh, all sizes, and in different locations uh, in the eastern United States, uh, throughout the United States, and even into uh, Europe. Uh, my background was mostly in the operations area, working on supply chain, productivity improvements, facility, along those lines, although my this, uh, some of the other folks who work with me and me who were involved in uh, system, um, strategic thing, uh, management, and so forth. Uh, my company, of course, was a start at one point, so that entrepreneurial experience of uh, having started a company and having to go through the campaign, uh, we did. Um, we had some interesting time, but uh, the company is 21st or 22nd year quite well. It's a, uh, a highly respected uh, consulting uh, eastern part of the United States. And um, I'm uh, gainfully retired from there and doing other things right now, including things like this podcast, uh, writing. I've uh, written and published two books on business. Uh, I teach. I teach project management uh, via Zoom at a uh, college in Pennsylvania, and uh, I write articles and so forth that uh, get published uh, in a variety of different publications. So I'm staying quite busy. Wow, that's that's, that's pretty amazing. <laughs> You're involved in so many things at the same time. Hey. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's great. So where did you get your, would I say, entrepreneurial spirit from? As in, was what what brought on that uh, spirit or drive from you? Well, to get into consulting and not wanting to go back and work for another company that was already established and uh, was under the control of other people, uh, I think uh, 
was the driving starting a company of my own. I hadn't really thought about it till then, but um, it had more appeal to me. Uh, even though when you have your own company and you say you're working for yourself, you're really working for your clients. Oh, okay, that's good. Um, so, you know, there's a first fierce competition in business right now. So how would you say or what would you say is the advantages of your own business that makes it at least stand out in the closest uh, locality? Um. I think the fact that in working with the different companies, uh, we took, I took the role that I was part of the company for that period of time. Uh, so I was very involved in what was going on. I took the uh, work that was going on very seriously uh, to make sure that uh, the company I was working with was getting the value you know, for the money that they were putting out, that they were getting a return, uh, multiple folds uh, of what they were pay paying for. So if they're thousand dollars, they might get 20 or 30 or $40,000 of value, possibly even more, depending on the circumstance of what we were doing, uh, what I was involved in. Um, so I think uh, uh, that was one. Uh, certainly tried to understand and be involved in the company uh, to why they were at the place they were at, uh, what the true problems were. Uh, so it wasn't a matter of just coming in and, and spouting off a bunch of things about how they can improve, um, but really getting to understand what was going on on what got to that point. That's what set us uh, because there were too many other people who didn't take that kind of attitude with their clients. Okay, okay that's good. That's fantastic that you've been able to take all these years of experience and uh, put it into forming a good foundation to build up on your, for your business. That, that's great. Thank you. So, yeah. so how do you handle maybe investors and funding issues in your business? Uh, well, we ourselves didn't have investors. Uh, each of the owners had a stake in the business. Uh, we had to um, guarantee any loans that we took. Uh, and on occasion, we did have to tap into a line of credit uh, in order to, to pay some bills or to tide us over. Things got a little bit slow. So we were invested from that standpoint. We didn't have investors. Uh, people who were putting money and expecting a return from us. In regards to dealing with companies and their investors, uh, when they had to go out to get money uh, in order to make some of the improvements that were necessary, let's say that they were building a new facility, uh, we would have to deal with some of the folks in order to provide the information necessary on what the project was all about, um, uh, what kind of guarantees there would be as to success, uh, what some of the risks might be, and so forth. So to deal with uh, with people that they were dealing with on a financial basis um, in order to provide the information that was necessary so they could get the funding that they needed. Um, so uh, mostly with the uh, the financial concerns of the uh, the clients that we had uh, and dealing with, uh, with those people to provide the information that was necessary. Wow, that, that's that's good. 
Uh, because you know that's one key challenge that uh, most entrepreneurs f- face: fundings. And uh, yeah, we were very fortunate. Um, I put a total of fifteen hundred dollars of my own money into the company when it started. That was my entire um, amount that I had to invest of my own, uh, which is pretty small for a company that wound up being a multi-million-dollar enterprise. But so uh, it's great to know that uh, uh, your business is going on fine and it's been profitable to you, and uh, the return on investment mm-hmm. for you has been great. Uh, that's, uh, that's something that can be inspiring to would-be entrepreneurs out there who may be listening to this show right now and be maybe f- p- first pondering on whether they should start theirs or give up or forge ahead. So it's good to hear that uh, at least you started out small and uh, you're much bigger now than where you started. So that's that's good to know. Your, what's the schedule of your typical working day as, a, as an entrepreneur? Um. Well, as it's different than what I do now. As an entrepreneur, uh, typically you get up, uh, you get in early before uh, most other people to uh, uh, to see what uh, messages have come in uh, over the uh, the time frame that you weren't uh, to emails and, and so forth, uh, or in the mail, uh, what you need to respond to. Uh, so you get that set, you try to organize your day based on what meeting you might have with various clients, um, uh, eminent that you have to work on that day uh, versus what does down the road or so. Uh, by then, other people are coming in, so you're checking uh, with uh, uh some of your colleagues to find out what they're involved in, um, how things are going, if there are any problems that you can uh, help them to address, um, any things that they may need your assistance on. Uh, so you try to, to get that all set. And then from there, you move on to, uh, you know, what what's necessary. Are you working on reports or projects or, you know, whatever the case may be? Do you have to travel to different places to uh, to meet with folks or can you handle it through the office and so forth? So uh, that's a fairly typical day. I'm going through my class notes and getting ready so that when the class starts, uh, I can hit the ground running and, and go through uh, what I need to with my class. And uh, uh, I always promise them that I will start on time and I will end on time. And so far, I've been able to do that. And they're greatly appreciative of that. So, um, so those are the typical things that uh, I get involved in on a regular basis and did get involved in when I was working full time. Wow, that, that's great. So in a nutshell, it also shows that uh, as a business owner, you might tend to have to do a lot more than you were doing as an employee for somebody else. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah so there's no uh, fantasy idea that when you're working for yourself, of course, your time might be a little bit more flexible, but uh, you still have to do the work if you want that business. Well, to- as a business owner, you're worried about budgets, you're worried about sound benefits. Uh, you're always looking at the benefits that your people have and what the costs are and how you can provide them. Yeah. 
prices, not necessarily the cheapest prices. We always gave good benefits to our people, um, care, which was important, um, and certainly good pay. So we were looking at what we could afford to pay if we were hiring new people, certainly looking at resumes and getting ads out on, on what we needed, uh, and then going through them to decide who we wanted to talk to or not. Um, you know, so a variety of different things. And then things come in, you know, well, all of a sudden somebody wants to talk to you about uh, doing some work for them in a project. So you've got to follow up on that. You've got to research the company and find out more about them and, and what they're involved in and, and what their needs might be. So again, you're prepared when you go in to talk to them. So there's a variety of different things. And of course, as the owner, you're responsible for everything that happens in your company. Yeah. Um, you know, individuals responsible for what they do. You're responsible for what the individuals do. So you've got to make sure that people are on track and doing the right things. And if not, then you need to have discussions about that to, to pull things in and, and make sure that uh, things are happening on time and are being done correctly. So, uh, so yeah, there's quite a bit to it. More than just being the employee, yeah. you get to, to work on whatever assignments you're given and that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's great. Uh, now, that brings me on to the next question. What would you say is your greatest uh, entrepreneurial achievement that you're proud of so far or throughout your um, The fact that my company is 20 plus years old. It, it has lasted three years after I was gone. Uh, there's always a concern that when somebody starts a company, out of it. And I was the president for the 17 years that I worked there or 17 plus years that when a person like that leaves that all of a sudden the company goes down and, and it's not as viable it was. Um, maybe it even goes in this. So I wanted to make sure it was long lasting uh, and certainly could survive past uh, the time that I worked there. Uh, so that was important to me. So I'd say that would be a big achievement. Uh, a lot of companies don't last 20 years anymore. A lot of companies yeah. don't make it through their first year. Yeah. Um, there were a couple of tough times in their financial situations that we had to deal with uh, that made it very interesting. So to be able to come through those uh, and in all those cases, uh, we didn't have to lay any employees off in order to make it through the tough times. Uh, that's a very easy thing for companies to do is to start throwing people out the door. Um, but somebody had told me that once a manager went in to, uh, uh, to deal with a company and they were all set to shut everything down. And he said, well, you start back. How are you going to be able to do that? Everybody will be on. Can't just assume that they're going to be waiting for their job back. And that's quite a bit that you can't get rid of your goal and that when things start to perk up again that you can just start where you left off at uh, um, there's a thing called inertia and break that inertia can be difficult uh, and cause problem companies so, so that's it a number of companies that i worked were extremely successful beyond we promised when we took their work on uh, so I was very proud of that, uh, that the fact that they were extremely successful because of some of the work that myself and, and my colleagues did. Um, and, and I think that's 
really what uh, consult's all about is to see the people that you're trying to help truly are helped and, and do well. Uh, there's nothing more satisfying than to see that. Yeah. Um, money is nice, but yeah. their success is your success too. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And now it's it's with my uh, students to, uh, as I said, I'm teaching project management. Uh, and to see them getting the concepts and being able to apply them uh, and the feeling that they would be very good project managers down the road. That's fantastic. And it's also great that uh, you're trying to pass on your knowledge through your courses that you have students that you're teaching and all that. So always a good thing to see people who try to uh, be involved in the next generations of uh, whatever field they find themselves in. <clears throat> That's great that you're doing that, Peter. That should really be what a professional does, okay? Uh, you accumulate all this knowledge and experience, and if you don't share it with people, it's really a waste um, because you're not going to do much more with it. But if you can um, get that over to other people and it's a help to them, uh, that's really what makes it go. Uh, uh, and that's so was about was talking about people like that people that have helped other people people that helped me uh to get to where i was that provided uh, knowledge and and information and and care and concern and, and you know and advice and, and so forth so uh trying to uh to do what other people have done whether you call that paying that forward or paying that back i don't know which one it is but anyway i i think that's important for people to do that but what i was saying was I like to do yeah. I like to do continuous improvement. I think it's important for companies because uh, things are constantly changing. You have to stay up with the changes, uh, so you're you're looking at improvements, not to tear things down, but to just move on as technology improves and new products are introduced and and ways of doing thing are ways of doing things are that you're staying up with those and and making the changes that are necessary in your enterprise. So uh, if companies are not doing that and trying to do the same thing that they were doing two, three, four, five years ago, they're going to fall behind, in which case then they're going to have problems. So. Wow, that's, that's, that's fantastic. Fantastic, Mr. Peter. That's great. So now, uh, let me ask a question that, uh, yes, a lot of people, there's a lot of debate about it. Some people say on um, both divides. But let's hear what you have to say. Do you believe there's a winning formula for becoming a successful entrepreneur? And if you do, what is yours? Uh, certainly, it's paying attention to the detail. Uh, it's being organized. Okay, you have to have a clear focus on what you're doing. Uh, can't be trying too many things at too many times. You need to get certain things in place and make sure they're, uh, they're functioning and functioning well, and then add to that and, and continue. So if you try to do too much in time, you can get yourself in a lot of trouble. Only uh, you want to hire good people who are knowledgeable, people you can trust, who when you <clears throat> deal with them, uh, and you have an understanding as needs to be done that you trust that they're going to go out and do that and they have the capabilities to do it. They're not constantly looking at you for advice and, and, and controlling everything. Uh, 
because it's just too much for one person. Maybe when the enterprise is fairly small, you can do it. But as the enterprise continues to grow, uh, you can't have that. Uh, it just gets too big. Uh, I was just talking with somebody the other day about I saw a film of Jeff Bezos when he had Amazon. Uh, and it was Bezos working desk in his garage. Yeah. Well, that's not Amazon anymore. They're certainly a lot larger than Jeff Bezos's garage. Yeah. And he can't stay up on all the things that are happening in the company. He's got many, many people who are, are dealing with that stuff. Um, now, we're all going to be Jeff Bezos and we're not all going to be Amazons. But as your enterprise continues to grow, you got to be able to do that. So the sooner you can get good people in who you can trust and rely on and who can do the job, that's important as well. Um, they always say that uh, there's some fine line as to when you need to start to back off from that. I heard that's in like five to ten million dollar range in U.S. dollars. Um, that enterprises grow beyond that startup type of experience and, and owners need to start letting go of, of some of the controls that they have, uh, whether that's true or not. But you, you pick that point when you just can't do it anymore on your own and, and you need other people, then uh, you certainly need to be re uh, releasing those strings a little bit. So those are the big but you still need to pay for enterprise. You can't be an absentee owner. You can't turn it all over to people and just walk away and expect them to do everything. Yeah, I've seen right. too many instances of that, uh, and that doesn't work. You still need that control. You still need to have somebody who is leading and directing and, and managing in a different fashion they are, again, when they, they first started, but are certainly providing that to the companies. Okay. Well, that's that's really that's really great. That's a fantastic uh, piece of advice there. Mm -hmm. So, for you, how how do you how do you identify business opportunities, and uh, what metrics do you use to measure their viability? Uh, well, in the consulting world, it was to uh, to, to locate new clients. Uh, you do that through a variety of means. Uh, there are a number of organizations out there uh, work with companies. They don't provide the services. Try to connect them with uh, people who can help them. So you, you try to uh, uh, to make those connections with those individuals or, or companies that are doing that. Um, re referrals from clients who are very happy with your services and they have a buddy or uh, a buddy company that they work with and they say they could use your help because they're having some problems and they refer you over to them. Um, looking, you know, through, uh, there, there's so much information out in the world about uh, companies uh, that are struggling uh, that may be having problems. So you knock on them and they, and here's what I do. And uh, you might need of my service. Um, there's lots of information in this world. Uh, to, you know, you can go on the internet and find things very quickly these days. Uh, there may be companies you are interested in working in that you've always had an intrigue about. And uh, you know whether they need your services or not, but you knock on the door and introduce yourself. Uh, there are associations that you get involved in, and I had uh, 
um, last year. Uh, I went. I was involved with a school uh, local to me, and I was on a committee. And uh, I went to a meeting, and a fellow sitting next to me, we started to talk. Said, "What do you do?" I told him. He said, "You know, we need for somebody like you." And the next thing you know, uh, I'm doing some work for the company. Uh, because I went to a meeting and I was talking to somebody. So you network with people and, and you, you converse with them. So you're, you're staying involved in the business community and, and finding those opportunities. Uh, in other areas, if you're uh, a product service company where you're developing a product, you're certainly researching uh, the product and the need for it and why your product is going to be different than anything is on the market or better than what's on the market today. Uh, and then you're getting out and promoting that through trade shows and, and markets uh, on radio or TV or uh, programs like this or whatever the case may be. Um, and again, you're, you're talking to individuals uh, in the community uh, to find out uh, uh, how best to, uh, to market your product and distribute it. Uh, it's a variety of different, but it, it, it's work. It's work. And again, you know, you've you got stuff that happens inside your company that you're trying to do. But then there's all the stuff that happens on the outside that you also have to do owner in order to, to, to make things happen and to move your company along. Um, that, that's, that's a great good, good, good piece of advice there from, for us, Peter. Um, so now, uh, let me bear off a bit, man. If you could talk to one person from history, who would it be and why? Hmm. <laughs> like I talk to one person from history. Yeah. There's any. Um, uh, I think, well, if we're talking in the business world, I think uh, I would talk to Henry Ford, yeah. uh, who started the Ford Company. Uh, he was a very interesting man. He was ahead of his time. He he was one of the founders of Assembly Line, which was certainly innovative for the time, and um, uh, helped to put Ford ahead of uh, other motor companies that were involved. And there were other motor companies. Find out how Nikolai Tesla uh, came up with uh, the various ideas and inventions that he did. It was just fascinating. I don't think he's gotten a lot of credit for a lot of the things that he's done, but um, uh, another very interesting person. And and there are other people, but if I had to pick two or one, that, that'd be the one or two that I would pick for now. Right, that's great. Uh, coming from the field of uh, engineering that you are. <laughs> yeah. 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 But they were just fascinating people because they didn't have the knowledge base that we have today. And for them to do the things that they were doing back in those times is just um, mind blowing to me. You know, they were way ahead of their time. Um, okay. Quite, quite interesting people and very determined. That's fantastic. So um, if I would ask you now, what are your most effective methods for motivating your team for them to achieve outstanding results? Um, I think. One, making sure that everybody is on board as to what needs to be accomplished. Uh, that means the timing, the outcome, uh, the budget that is involved and, and what they 
they can deal with. Uh, so that needs to be clear. That needs to be number one. Number two then is what their particular role or roles are going to be and how they're going to interact with each other, uh, what the expectations are for them. Uh, uh, and that needs to be clarified to the point where it's even put in writing so that there's no, <clears throat> uh, no misinterpretation. Uh, if there is, you can pull out that sheet of paper and say, here's what we agreed to. And, and they go, oh, yeah, yeah, that, that, that's right. I remember now. Uh, and the third thing then is, <clears throat> as a manager, you're not to be the doer. That's what the team is for. As the manager, you're to manage them. What that means is you're making sure that they're getting the things done on time that they need to, uh, that they're staying within the budget and, and so forth. Um, and when problems crop up, uh, that you're there to solve them, to get the roadblocks out of the way so they can, they can concentrate on the work that they're supposed to do not on the problems that are getting in the way of the work they're supposed to do. That's for you to, to clear that out. And that's what the manager does so that they're able to function properly. Uh, and then I think the fourth thing is as changes occur and they inevitably do with uh, work that you're doing with teams and so forth, <clears throat> that uh, if it changes the scope of the project, if it changes the roles and responsibilities, those need to be gone over again. They need to be communicated uh, so that people aren't plowing down the road that they thought they were supposed to go down only to find out that you're taking a slight detour now. Uh, but if they're taking that detour that they understand that uh, and the changes are made uh, to accommodate that and then you move on. So I think those are the important things in, in doing a team and getting out of their way, letting them do what they need to do. If they can't do it, then you've got a decision to make as a manager, whether they're the right person for the team, whether they're capable or not. And sometimes you've got to let team members go uh, because they're not capable of doing it. You thought they were, uh, they thought they were, but then something happened, um, let somebody go, but uh, sometimes it has to happen. So I think those are the key things. Okay, I agree. So, what key activities will you recommend entrepreneurs to invest their time in? Well, they're setting where where their company needs to be. They're setting what kind of sales they need to have, uh, what their budgets look like, and what they can spend money on, and what they can't spend money on. <laughs> what their hiring is going to look like. Uh, who they're going to sell to, where they're going to sell, whether it's a product or a service or some combination, um, uh, what those timeframes are going to look like, you know, how quickly they want to grow and whether that's realistic or not. They need to set those things and then they need to make sure that the actions and the people are in place in order to make those things happen. Uh, so that's a big role to do. There's a lot of stuff that, that's involved in that. I mean, that's kind of at the high level, but there's lots of details that go into that. Uh, and the owner, the entrepreneur needs to be involved in that stuff. Then again, as the company grows, he needs or she needs to uh, revise that role and back out of some of uh, the activities that they were doing as uh, uh, startups 
uh, and turn those over to, uh, to trusted people who are capable of doing those things. Still keeping an eye on things, still managing the overall, but not getting as involved in the details as they were before. Wow, that, that's fantastic. So, entrepreneurship, what would you say is your favorite quotes for describing it? My favorite quotes? For describing entrepreneurship. Um, if, you have, if you have any. Uh, mine would be, it's not as easy as it looks. There's a lot of hard work. It's kind of like a duck. You know, a duck swims and it looks like they're going in a nice, smooth thing. But meantime, underneath, they're paddling furiously with those yeah. flippers of theirs, you know. Uh, so it's not always as easy as it looks. Um, there's a lot of hard work involved. So I would say that's it. It's not as easy as it looks. Uh, there's a lot of hard work. Um, the other thing is for people who say that uh, entrepreneurs are lucky when they make it, uh, there are a lot of entrepreneurs who will say the harder I work, the luckier I got. So hard work brings uh, a lot of good fortune to you. Now, that's not always the case. Sometimes you work hard, but you're doing the wrong things. So uh, I would say the next thing is make sure you're working on the right things, the things that will really move your business ahead. If you get involved in the trivial uh, and get sidetracked, then that will cause you problems and, and keep you from achieving what you want to achieve. So you really got to stay focused. Uh, so that would be the last one I would say is stay focused. Okay. Don't get sidetracked by uh, things that really don't matter and take up a lot of time. So post those all over the place and you'll be yeah, fine. And keep that's... looking at them and keep doing them then. Practice them. Don't just use them as words. Practice them. Wow. That's great. That's great. So um, if you were given the opportunity, or if possible, what three things would you change in the world? What would I change in the world? Yeah, three things. Oh, my goodness. Uh, I would get rid of all the politicians because <laughs> I think they muck things up. That would be number one. Yeah. And there's so much politics going on all over the world. Uh, I would love to see that. Um, so that would be number one. Number two, I think some companies have gotten way too big. Okay, and they're too controlling. So as much as I don't like to see government intervention, uh, I think at some point you say an organization has gotten big enough and we've got to kind of um, cap them up. off a little bit, slow them down um, because, uh, uh, and that happened before in history in the early uh, uh, 19 or 20th century, Teddy Roosevelt was a trust buster. He broke up a lot of large companies. And I think that helped the, uh, uh, the United States to, to move along. Uh, so I, I think that companies can get to the point where they're too big and too controlling. So I would say that would be the second one. Uh, and the third one would be, <clears throat> um, I think that people need to realize that as important as education is, not everybody needs to go to college. Not everybody needs to have a college degree. I think that in some cases it's overblown uh, and it's a waste of people's time and money uh, on degrees that don't mean anything and put people into a lot of debt 
that they may never get out of and causes them all sorts of hardships. Uh, there are a lot of skilled positions in this world uh, that are crying for people to, uh, uh, to do those things. And some of the smartest people I've met had some of the least education, you know, when it came to things like uh, uh, bachelor's degrees or master's degrees or doctorates or so forth, because they had practical experience. And I think if folks concentrate more on that, I think that uh, we would be a lot better off. Uh, we sometimes place too much emphasis on education uh, to the detriment of people. So I would say those are the three things that I would I'd like to see changed. That's fantastic. So um, Peter has been wonderful so far. Uh, can you tell the audience where they can reach you or if you have any any offers or they have that you like them to know about? Feel okay. free to tell us. Uh, Three ways. How's that? Uh, so the first one is <clears throat> I do have a website. Uh, it's Pete, P-E-T-E, -E, and then my last name, Christian, C-H-R-I-S-T-I-A-N, and then the word books, B-O-O-K-S. So it's all one thing, PeteChristianBooks.com, uh, and that's my website. Uh, on there, you'll find a number of articles that I have. Uh, you will find um, more information about me uh, and some of the work I do. And there's also a way that you can send me a message that will get through to me. So that's number one. Number two, I'm on LinkedIn. Uh, look for Peter Christian. Uh, there are a bunch of Peter Christians on there, but look for the guy who uh, is a, a, uh, an adjunct professor, an author, a speaker. Okay. And I think you'll start to narrow things down some. And you'll find me. And if not, just keep uh, hitting Peter Christian till somebody finally answers. Say, <laughs> we you the guy we heard on that wonderful podcast yeah. <laughs> uh, with Simon. Okay. Yeah. And the third one is my uh, my email, which is the, my letters P H and then Christian, and then the number five three at gmail.com. So any one of those three. Uh, send me a message. Uh, let me know what you would like to talk about, uh, what issues you might have or, or thoughts you might have and, and what you would like to talk about. And we'll go from there. Uh, that, that's great. Uh, we've heard the professor himself. I've had a, I've had a blast talking with you, Peter, and I, I really appreciate it if you can join us again sooner or later in the future, because I think there's sure. so much more that uh, you can uh, give to the audience than what we've received okay. so far today. Terrific. Yeah. We'd love to. Okay. Thank you very much, Peter. Have a lovely day and uh, cheers. Thank you. Same to you. And again, I appreciate the opportunity to, uh, to, to talk with you. Yeah, great. Thank you for coming on as well. Thank you. Sure uh, have a good day. Bye. Take care. Okay, you as well. Yeah. Remember to hit the follow or subscribe button and always leave us a review whenever you have the opportunity to. You can as well reach us via email at contacts at simblockshare.com or visit us on our webpage. It's at www.simblockshare.com slash podcast. Until the next episode, take care.